Well, this morning, we are speaking, or the title of my message is Bel Parazin. There you go. Bel Parazin. And what it means is breaking out. So we're going to read in 2 Samuel chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. And David has, King David has just become king over, over a united Israel. The ten northern tribes in the tribe of Judah, they've come together and David has conquered Jerusalem and it is now the city of David. It is his capital. And after this takes place, we have this story here in, in 2 Samuel chapter 5. And David is about 30 years old at this time, whenever he is assuming this position of king or has been anointed for this position of king. So when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, so he, the Philistines figured out, well, he's a new king. He can't really have put together an army that could, could uh, uh, fight us, so they figured it's a good time to go and raid the land and conquer it. So uh, they heard that he was anointed king over Israel, and they went up in full force to search for him. So <laughs> that's pretty, pretty amazing. You know, the army says, uh, we, we know where he's at. Basically, he's in Jerusalem. But we're going up, and we're going to search him out. And David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now, the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephraim. Now, this, they find this... If you know ancient battles and things, they would come and they would basically bring all of their possessions. Um, you couldn't leave your possessions at home in a safe because there was no safe place at home. <laughs> and so, you know, you basically lived in tents or mud huts or mud cabins or whatever. So if anybody wanted in, you just dug through the wall. So they would bring their possessions with them. So they spread out in this, this huge valley, uh, and they are there awaiting or going to waiting orders to march against David. And so David, he inquired of the Lord. Here we have the, the challenge. We spoke of this in the Sunday school lesson. David prayed. And whenever we pray, you know, um, we use the, the Lord's Prayer, you know, our Father, referring to our position with God the Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So whenever we are worshiping God and we're coming to God, into God's presence, we are to, you know, say to the Lord what our needs are. We are to speak our needs and allow what it is that we are presenting and, and present it to God. Well, David inquired of the Lord, so what am I supposed to do? Okay, we have this enemy that is camped in, moved into the, the territory, our land, and they're planning on attacking me and attacking the army, attacking Israel or Jerusalem. And so what is it that I am to do? Did you ever find yourself in that position? <laughs> God, what is, it that, what is it exactly that you would like for me to do? Well, David's request Shall I go and attack the Philistines? First question. Shall I go and attack? Second question. Will you deliver them into my hands? <laughs> First question. God, what am I to do? 
I'm supposed to, well, am I supposed to go and do this? And second question is, is this a good decision to go? <laughs> or should I go and attack them? Well, the answer, the Lord answered him, says, Go, and I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal-perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, As waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal-perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols, and David and his men carried them off. Now, a couple of things in, in that particular section. The, we're all familiar with floods <laughs> or have, you know, either lived through them or if you go down to the uh, flood museum in town, you, you can see where the South Fork Dam broke and the wall of water came streaming down and, you know, they have these pictures and so on, what it depicted and so on. But it was interesting in how that, I, I thought, and how that the water, they, they said about how that the water was caught, you know, like the, when it was overpowering the houses and overpowering everything, there was this huge, like, body of trash, you know, broken homes and broken logs and everything was at the bottom, and the overflowing water would come up over the top and crash down on the buildings, smashing them. And it was like the lower, the bottom part, the river part of it, uh, the riverbed part of it, was slower than the upper part. Well, this idea as waters break out, Baal Perazin, is as waters break out, the Lord broke out against mine enemies. So as, as a dam would break and the water would go down through the valley, and how that it would destroy, David says, that's what happened in the battle. That's what happened to these people, the, these Philistines, in the battle that we fought. It was as if the water broke out and they were destroyed. Now, the other uh, uh, interesting thing is, the Philistines abandoned their idols. Their God gods couldn't do anything against the onslaught of David's God. God, our Father, who art in heaven. God's admonition for us is to go forward in faith. And that whenever we are going forward, whenever we're doing God's will and God's purpose, there's a way that it seems like when we're going into things, it seems like there's this resistance but then there's this overpowering force, which is the, the force of God. It comes crashing down on the enemies, crashing down on the obstacles, and it destroys that which is in front of it. It's like they don't stand a chance. <laughs> and their prayers, and not their prayers, but their idols, the things that they worship, they will abandon. Hmm. I always thought it was interesting how that people would talk about their gods and talk about things that, you know, they didn't believe in and, you know, the, the things of the scriptures and how that they would basically fight against them or rebel against them. But when it came time to depart this life, they had different thoughts. <laughs> so in our life, we're looking at this and understanding that God has a way of overpowering the enemies of our soul. God has a way of overpowering 
in the individuals who are resisting and fighting against and seemingly trying to hold us back in our faith. And we spoke about it in Sunday school and how that we are to have an attitude of faith and have an attitude of acceptance that God is going to do a great thing. God is going to move upon our hearts and, and upon our lives as we come into the presence of God. Thy will be done is not an acquies- acquiescence to, well, God, if it's really what you want to do, you can do it. No, it is recognizing that God has a purpose and God's plan for us as we pray for it, as we continue to believe for it, seek, ask. <laughs> ask is a command that we seek uh, and, and knock and ask, seek, and knock. <laughs> as we put those things together, we are finding out that it is an admonition for us to keep on asking, to keep on seeking. The illustration that Jesus used was the individual who showed up at night and, you know, he had nothing to eat for his friend, you know. So the friend went to another friend and knocked on the door and wanted some bread. Now, often it's like uh, we've misinterpreted that verse as like the guy who's in the house represents God and he doesn't want to give us bread. No, Jesus is using the story that we are the people who are knocking and our Heavenly Father is wanting us to continue to knock. The persistence in prayer. And what we are doing in our persistence is recognizing the hand of God and the power of God moving on a person's life, moving on obstacles. The, I always, and again, I like these, these uh, scriptures that tell us about how that God is uh, working and God is doing great things. And it's in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. And this is the one often quote, that when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. When the enemy comes in, it's like offering resistance, but in the flood... The flood is that it's overpowering their resistance. The Amplified Bible has it this way. They will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory, excuse me, and his glory from the rising of the sun for he will come like a narrow rushing stream while the breath of the Lord drives an overwhelming, drives the overwhelming enemy, overwhelming the enemy. So it's like a narrow gorge with an onslaught of a rushing stream and it will be propelled by the breath of God. Wow, what can stand up against that? What can stand up against that flood, that, that narrow stream downstream from the North Fork Dam? What could stand against it? A couple of bridges got in the way, but they got wiped out. Well, the idea is that the enemy of our soul comes in, and but like a flood, the Lord will overpower. So David, he, over, he overpowered the Philistines with this. And as we look at ourselves, you know, we've spoken about putting on the armor of God. How that God, he is our... <laughs> overwhelming force against evil and again to protect us that we have the helmet of salvation which is Jesus Christ he is my savior I have the breastplate of righteousness my right relationship with God 
That is Jesus Christ. He is the belt. We put on the belt of truth. Thy word is truth. Is Jesus. The shield of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The things that we pray for and believe for. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And Jesus is the word made flesh that dwelt among us. And we put on the shoes of peace. Jesus says, peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. So here we are, clothed in the armor, clothed in the presence of Jesus. <laughs> here we are, clothed in the presence of Jesus. And we face an enemy, whether it is physical or spiritual, we face difficulties, and some of them are, are material things. You know, there are you know, problems with the, the Internet, <laughs> problems with uh, difficulties, you know. There are these, but some of them are spiritual also. And the idea is in the presence, in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus Christ, we face those difficulties and we go into them, onto them, over them. Just like the flood in which we enter those obstacles, but the presence of God is an overwhelming force that just destroys them. You think of Jesus whenever he descended into hell uh, at the crucifixion. He descended into the lower parts of heaven, uh, the lower parts of hell. And what did he do? He, he took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. They had no power against him. And in our life, we have that same understanding. There is no power that can stand against the children of God. There's no power that can, can come against what God wants to do in our life as we walk forward in faith, knowing that he has placed these dreams and placed these prayers in our lives. So the Lord, he has done great things. The Lord has done great things. He has redeemed us from all of our transgressions. He's placed our name in his book of life. You know, sometimes we just need to remind ourselves. Remind ourselves of the wonderful things that God has done for us. That the Lord will answer our prayers. That he wants us to pray. To come into his presence. To take that special time, whether it's morning, noon, or night, whether it's, you know, walking or sitting or kneeling, Whatever time it is that is best for us, we just need to recognize that the hallowedness of where we are, where we are, we are in Christ. That's why I reviewed the idea of the, the armor of God, because we are in the presence of Jesus. Every moment of every day, we are in the presence of Jesus. We are in this hallowed place with God. The Lord... He will do a new thing. He will continue to do new things in our life, whether it's a new understanding, a new revelation, a new day that he has given us to see his blessing and to see the, the greatness of, of what he has planned for us, whether it's in our mind's eye or whether it's in our spirit, that God has a way of planning these things, just like David facing the Philistines. You know, he's, he's brand new at being the king over... Israel, the northern tribes in Judah, he's brand new at this. He's been anointed king. And then the enemy says, let's go get him. <laughs> let's go take him out. 
I've had a few times like that. <laughs> People say, let's take him out. Well, God has a thing, a new thing. God has a plan. And so David faced the Philistines. The Lord is my salvation. He is my rock. He is my fortress. It is upon him that I stand. Lord, do you want me to attack? Do you want me to stand still? Do you want me to go forward in the power of the Spirit? You see, we are asking for direction, but always the direction is a, one of victory. Whenever our prayers, we're being specific about our prayers. What is it that we are asking God to do? What is it we think God wants us to do? He wants us to go forward, to go forward in victory. The Lord has redeemed me from the hand of mine enemy. <laughs> Lead me not into temptation. Don't let me be led to my faults and my failures where I am led away from you. And of course, we ask ourselves the question, is anything too hard for God? Anything. See, when David, whenever he was about to, and I like these words, step into the fullness of his, of, of his calling, he was anointed to be king of Israel as a shepherd boy. Now he is king of Israel. He's 30 years old. And he's about to step into what God has anointed him for whenever he was a teenager. So for 15, 17 years, he has been anointed to be king. And he's finally king. I'm finally, I finally arrived. And the enemy says, let's go take him out. David has arrived at the point, the threshold of his destiny, of what God has called him to be. And what happened? He found himself in the valley of Rephraim. He found himself in this valley. And do you know what that valley means? It means giants. David fought Goliath when he was a teenager. Now, as an adult and as the king of Israel, he's going back to that valley in which he faced one giant, but he's going to face all of the relatives. <laughs> He's going to face all the relatives of Goliath, the giants. But now he's going to face them in the power of the Lord again. And he's going to face them with the word of God that says, I'm going to come at them like a flood. I'm going to overpower them like as if they were sticks in a river overpowered by a great flood coming over them. So this principle is that... Is, is, is as close to you and I as our prayers. It's as close to us as our decision to follow God. It's as close to us as knowing that there is an obstacle. There is a power that overcomes those obstacles. The greater the opposition, it means the greater the, close, the closer we are to the answer of our prayers. We're not opposed when, you know, when everything's just kind of floating along. There's no problems. No problems. But when there are difficulties, when we have opposition, whenever we have resistance, we have that, well, there's something going on here that the, the enemy of our soul doesn't want us to go forward. But God wants us to go forward. And we go forward in the, in the, in the powerful force of that flood coming down a narrow valley. That's, I like the amplified version of Isaiah 59. 
that he will come in like a narrow rushing stream. <laughs> a narrow rushing stream. So you got this weird, <laughs> great obstac- obstacle, great, uh, great lesson um, in our, uh, it's not an obstacle, it's a, uh, whenever, object, object lesson, object lesson. We have a great object lesson in the valley of, between the North Fork Dam and, and Johnstown. And we have this great stream of water coming down because the dam broke. And so all of that water is rushing through the valley. <laughs> and that whole churning of that ongoing stream. That's what Isaiah is seeing here is the hand of God. And so when we think about ourselves, we see the obstacles that may be in front of us. And we we wonder, oh, will they ever be able to move? Will I ever be able to accomplish this? Will I ever be able to (laughs) go through the idea of getting out of debt? Go through the idea of struggles? The times of lack that we go through? Well, we can name these valleys the valley of abundance. We can name these valleys the valley of wholeness and wellness the valleys of victory, because God is going to go through like a flood and wipe out the enemy, wipe out the difficulties, take away those things that are our lack and give to us divine provision. And what I was wondered, how did Israel add to its, how did it add to its uh, economy as a nation? Well, they added to their economy as a nation after facing great obstacles. Whenever they were in Egypt, they were slaves. They had nothing. But when they left Egypt, the Egyptians just poured on them gold and silver and wealth. They left their billionaires. Okay, here we are. David has just come into being king of Israel. How is he going to bring in gold and silver to his nation? I know. Let the Philistines say, let's go conquer David. So they come up there and they've got a hook in their jaw like a fish on a hook and God draws them into the valley. And and David is wondering, oh, how am I going to do this? He says, watch this, David. I'm going to take care of them like a flood. And you know what? The Philistines brought all of their wealth with them. They destroyed them. They just wiped out the army. And they took all of their gold and silver and their wealth and brought it back to Israel. It was the obstacle that brought about the hand of God, that brought about the influx of their wealth. And so each soldier could take as much as he could carry. In the one battle that we're going to read about here with Jehoshaphat, it took them four days, four days to carry away the loot So whenever we're talking about our obstacles, when we're looking at our obstacles, we can see that they are divine provisions. Amen. (laughs) They are divine provisions because it was the obstacles that God gave Israel the ability to conquer and their enemies brought all of their wealth with them. Wasn't that convenient? Yes, amen. Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. All the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their wives, their babies, and their children. And so they're all worried about this. 
this battle that's coming. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. Zechariah was the son of Beniah, the son of Jai, the son of Mattathani, whatever it is, Matta. Jehazi was a Levite from the family of Asap. I should have just skipped this part, right? Yeah, okay. Why didn't I skip it? Well, it was important because all these guys were in the way. No. <laughs> all these guys were the background. The, you did not get here by yourself. You have a history. You have people, descendants. You got here by the hand of God. And all these people in your path in the past. Verse 15. Jehazi said, listen to me, King Jehoshaphat, and everyone living in Judah and Jerusalem. The Lord says this to you. Don't be afraid or worry about the large army, because the battle is not your battle. It is God's battle. Tomorrow... They will come up through the Ziz Pass. You must go down to them. You will find them at the end of the valley on the other side of the desert of Jabril. Now, here it is. The enemy's coming, and I'm telling you where they're at. And I want you to know that they're going to be camped out there. So this is what you need to do. Okay? In our prayers... In our requests, listen. Because prayer is a two-way communication. What is it that God wants us to do to take care of this need? What is it that God wants to do through us to take care of this problem? Verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Now, sometimes there are battles that we need to engage in, that we need to, you know talk about, deal with, handle on ourselves. But this is a fight that he's telling him, you, this, you don't have a dog in this fight. <laughs> Did you ever hear that one? People say, I don't have a dog in this fight. Meaning they have, there's nothing of value in this for me. You will not have to fight this battle. Just stand there and watch the, and wa just stand there and watch the Lord save, watch the Lord save you. Judah and Jerusalem, don't be afraid. Don't worry, because the Lord is with you. So go out to stand against the people tomorrow. Well, we find that they had arrived at a treaty with basically three or four different uh, countries, we'll say. And when they came to doing the battle, they started fighting with each other. And the children of Israel stood there and watched the battle. And they destroyed themselves. Did you know evil will destroy itself? It feeds on itself, thinking that it is going to do. They're fighting, they're in a battle, but they're battling against themselves, and the children of God are standing up there watching. And when the battle was over, no one, no one was left alive, and they never lifted a hand. Then God says, Go and take their possessions. Four days. Four days it took them to carry off what was left behind by these different countries coming in. We don't know what God is going to do in our life. But we do know this. 
that God's power is like that flood that we know so well, that it comes in and it's just like the breath of God, over, it's the power of the Spirit, overpowers the enemy and crushes it. The enemy of our soul is already defeated. It was defeated at the cross. Whether we live or die, we belong to God. So what is there that there's a problem with? Our eternity is set, so let's go forward in faith for today and tomorrow, believing that God is capable of doing all things, anything, so as we pay attention, bring our needs to God, ask, ask. Everybody say ask. Ask. It's a command. Ask. Ask God specifically. Write it down. God, this is what I am praying for. This is what I am requesting. And in in our hearts and in our mind's eye, we can see the power of God like that narrow gorge and that huge wall of water coming down and just crushing everything in its path. The power of God is like that in our life. It was at the battle here with Jehoshaphat. It was like that in the battle with David facing the giants, the valley of the giants. And it was the day, and David calls it this, that it was a breakthrough. It was a divine breaking out. The water broke out of the dam and everything below it was destroyed. The power of God breaking out in our lives. Everything evil in front of it is destroyed. What a picture. The power of God working in our life, in your life, in your situation. The power of God crushing the enemy of our soul. That the enemy fighting with itself will destroy itself. But God has a purpose and a plan, so we need to remind ourselves. Speak faith into our life and faith into the difficulties. We believe that God is capable of doing all things. So therefore, give him this one thing that you're bringing to him in prayer. Write it down. Ask. Worship. Expect. And see the hand of God moving in our lives. Amen? Jesus, we thank you for hearing our prayers. God, we see these battles of the Old Testament. And Lord, they are symbols of your power and of your greatness. And they were events that transpired in the lives of a nation. So, Lord, there are events that transpire in our lives. And God, we are believing for a great victory. We're believing for the power of the Holy Spirit to just overpower, break out, as it were, from from being held up in a dam, that power of the Holy Spirit breaking out in our lives and evil that is there trying to hold us back, Lord, we thank you that it will be crushed before us. Whether it's in our mind or whether it's in a spirit or whether it's a material, physical thing, God, we know that you will crush it, destroy it, and Lord, that we will see the victory that is left behind And the great value that has been brought into our lives. Not by the destruction of people or or things, but, but Lord, by the destruction of evil and its intent. We thank you, Lord, 
that you will watch over and guide us. You'll bring about this great renewal, great power of your spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. And what are we supposed to do? Ask.